Why Do We Sound So Good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. I am Susanna Mars, and I am sitting across from a wonderful actor in our community named Darius Pierce. And he has a company called Anonymous Theater Company, a company that's been doing plays uh, since 2002, and it's pretty exciting. Thanks for joining me to tell us about Anonymous Theater. Thank you for having me in. A pleasure. you got a piece coming up on August 13th. It's going to be at the Armory, and it's A Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes. So tell us what's unique about Anonymous Theater. Yes, sure. Anonymous Theater, what we do is we cast a show. So we hold auditions and we cast a show, but then we keep the cast secret from everyone, including the cast. So if you were cast in the show, you would know that you were in the show, of course, but um, nobody else would know that you were in the show, only the casting board and you. And you wouldn't know anyone else that was in the show. We keep the casting entirely secret. And then we rehearse with the actors one-on-one. And then the actors come to the theater as audience members and take their seats in the house. And with their first line, enter from the audience onto the stage. So that's when they reveal that they're in the show and get to meet the other actors. And so... We're really experiencing the actors working through telling the story together for the first time. How Now, you began this in 2002 when you were a student at Brown. Yes, with three other people. We, we developed it together. And how, how did you develop it? What made you want to do it in the first place? Yeah, that's, that's great. It was, it was myself and um, Carrie Ryan, who is still here and a member of Third Rail and works with Anonymous, and Sam Kuznets, who was here for many years and moved to New York, and Rebecca Lowe, Rebecca Lowe Curtis, who never moved out here with us, but instead chose to be successful in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, this was uh, the end of a series of experiments that we tried together when we were at college. And really the goal was, of them was to um, break down the barriers between different roles in the theater. Um, the idea that we didn't want to have... Usually, traditionally, artists prepare a show and then present it to the audience. And we were interested in what it would be like if the whole room felt like we were involved in telling a story together, that we really didn't just break down the fourth wall in terms of talking to the audience, but in terms of the experience of creating theater. And so somebody who has seen Midsummer before or read the show, um, knows almost almost literally as much about what's going to happen that night as the actors in the show. Um, the actors are experiencing the huge majority of the show for the first time, along with the audience. And so the first time we did it, it created a feeling in this room of, there's, of there not being a separation between the people who created the show and the audience, but that everyone was together telling this story and wishing the actors well on this mm-hmm. nerve-wracking journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a, a sense of community that is unique in my experience. And you've done predominantly plays, but then you did a musical last year. Yeah, we've done two musicals. Oh, right, I see that. We did a Funny Thing Happens on the Way to the Forum some mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And then last year, I think that was our most ambitious project yet when we did You're in Town. It was the f- uh, most complicated. It was far more complicated musically than Forum was. And it was the first time that we'd hired a choreographer and had to teach, uh, and had to teach a lot of 
dances one-on-one individually that people just danced together for the first time on the that, night of the show. That's amazing. It was amazing. I've been doing this for 15, 16 years and, and have seen all but one of our anonymous shows. And so my expectations are are high and there's a, 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 there's a sense in which I feel like I have seen what anonymous theater is and have a, and understand what the night is going to be. And once we started in with the like four part harmonies that had never been sung together and 10 people doing interwoven dances that they'd never done together before, my mind was totally blown. I couldn't believe what was, what was happening. It just blows my mind right now. It's yeah. incredible. So we have a guest yeah. and it's one of your actors. Yeah. And we wanted to ask them what it would what it has been like to be a part of Anonymous, and Great. and they are rehearsing currently for a Midsummer Night's Dream. That's right. Hi, actor. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Tell me, what is it like to work at Anonymous? Working on Anonymous is a particular sort of thrill and fear, the the trepidation and the anticipation. Working with material in this kind of way is something completely unparalleled, to I, say the least. I would imagine. Now, I know we're allowed to say that you have been in another performance in the past. I and, have, yes. And so you rehearsed that, obviously, just as you are currently. What was it like to stand up in the audience and join up? Um, I can tell you, just thinking about it right now, is is, is making my body, like, flood with adrenaline. Um it's it's a pretty unbelievable experience to to watch um the rehearsal process is requires that so much transformation happens between one meeting to the next mm-hmm. i feel because you it needs to happen this way um but there's nothing like that final leap when everything comes together on stage um for the first time so what type of direction do you receive and what are you hoping to receive that will help you create a character, uh, what's the information you, you want? There are, uh, some things that are, that are unique about, uh, the actor director relationship and this sort of thing. Um, as in, you know, kind of sculpting moments and figuring out how to tell a story without the other storytellers in that room with you. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of the, the building blocks are really the same mm-hmm. you know how do i how do i translate this information how do i make sure i'm telling telling the same story with all of these other people that i'm not even going to get to see until they're standing across the stage in front of me when i think about working with a director i realize when you're doing scene work you're in moment by moment in communication with this director so you the director tells the actors whatever they want to tell them and then you get to see it and so the director um has to be open to collaboration also but in this context it seems that the director gets to tell the actors what to do and the actors for the most part would be acting out you as director darius what your intention is yeah i think that that's uh it makes a lot of sense um, but it's not really the way that I go about directing anonymous theater. And it, it, that is more like what some other people do. I, I'm not interested in saying you, actor A, do this, and you, actor B, do this, and I know that that's going to 
create a moment together Mm -hmm. when you do it next to each other. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in getting each of the actors comfortable with their character and their motivations and intentions and understanding and then them bringing that into the scene Mm -hmm. and meeting honestly the characters and motivations and intentions that the other people have created Mm -hmm. and letting them influence each other live in the moment so that they're not set in repeating what we've created in rehearsal. Mm -hmm. We've just created a a whole bunch of actors who feel confident in what they're bringing to the stage who can try to get what they want and encounter the obstacles they encounter. Mm -hmm. Um, So I very specifically try not to talk in rehearsal with one actor about the choices that another actor has made. And one of the things that's really exciting to me as as an audience member and artist for Anonymous Theatre is seeing people find each other and seeing things come out on stage in front of the audience that never happened in rehearsal because people are being open to being influenced by all of the new things that they're encountering, all the new people and all the new line readings that they've never heard before and the props they've never handled before and uh, audience reaction. Um, It's really wonderful. And, and, And when actors are... When we've done our jobs and the actors are prepared and ready to live in that, confidently live in that unknowing, it's really beautiful. It's very similar, I think, to, it's higher stakes then, but I feel like it's a, it's similar to first reads, mm-hmm. um, which are this exciting thing. Then you get this joy and laughter and intensity in a first read that sometimes you spend the whole rehearsal process trying to recapture when you're just across from the other person saying the lines for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, actor, any yes. memorable moments in the first time you participated? There is a distinct, I don't know if I, uh, if I can recall it, it say ex- exactly as a memory, because it's, it's almost like a blackout <laughs> of hearing the cue line, and then my body just going out of the seat, and I don't exactly remember when my feet went from the moment of being my civilian shoes to hitting the stage and then it was like all of a sudden intermission oh i mean it's it was truly wild um one of my favorite things about any production is always the the backstage ballets that happen Mm. and this one is a dance like no other i've seen Mm. watching all of those moments come together people doing their watching all of those creative minds working um quietly like in curtains backstage finding little crannies um and like exploding intermission with the ability to actually talk and figure out bits that they can you know um one of the most exciting things about watching theater is when you see things that are new mm. and this is everything is gonna be new <laughs> that is thrilling how long do you rehearse we rehearse uh, i'm sorry i don't know who you, <laughs> you were asking that of because We'd... actor is in another room yeah yeah um but we we try to cast about two months out, mm-hmm. and then we typically have three to four rehearsals with the actor, um, with each actor. Uh, so it ends up being four, five, six. For the for you're in town, it was a little bit more because they were they were also meeting with the uh, choreographer and music director. So that mm-hmm. ended up being more like eight to ten hours of rehearsal. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not an enormous time commitment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it is when you're not in the room with because you're learning an entire yes, role. Yes, certainly. That's a... Certainly. I don't mean to, to dismiss the amount of work that actors do outside of those rehearsals. I would assume that, that that would be epic and 
so strange. I, I just am blown away by the whole process. It sounds so incredible. Yeah. It takes some the, unique discipline. Yeah, I would imagine. How is that? Um, you, you, you just have to just make sit, sure you do the work. Right. Sit down. Um, yeah. And again, you know, it's exciting to watch between one, one time, one, one rehearsal space and another, how much things change because it necessitates working on your own so much. Yeah. Is it seem a kind of a sorrowful experience to do it once and think that's it? It's, Absolutely. It would seem that it would be so much fun that you'd want to do a, a run, but you can't be anonymous again. Yeah. That's the magic of it though. It can't be repeated. Right, that's live theater, people. Yeah. Get your seats in the seats. There was one time we did it where we did the anonymous show and then we rehearsed for about a week with that cast and then did the show again. Oh, what was that like? Eh. <laughs> 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 yeah. It was it was in a lot of technical ways a better show the second time, but oh. the energy wasn't the same. The anonymous night was much more fun. Exciting. Much more fun. Oh. And I think that one of the things that's great is that the actors buy into, I mean, there's a strong sense of responsibility to the other actors mm -hmm. that that helps people, you know, do their work and be prepared. But the actors are all like, our goal is to do the best production of the show that we can. Mm -hmm. My hope is, like, my, my dream is that somebody could come in, not know this was done in an anonymous way, mm -hmm. and just have a great show and walk out and be happy. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, Things that come up, things that go right, things that go wrong, um, and the, as they inevitably do, because the first run of, a, you know, from rehearsal processes, the first run, and this is the first run of the show, is in front of the audience, is never, is never perfect. But our goal is not to lean on the excitement of the gimmick. Mm -hmm. That happens naturally over the night. Our goal is to do the best production of A Midsummer Night's Dream we can. Hmm. Well, I have some fun, silly questions that are uh, not really about anonymous theater, but they're about you. Okay. So, actor, I'll ask you first. So, each question I'll ask both of you, okay? What's the strangest job you've ever had? My first paying job was in a church choir. So, it was strange in that the first time I received a paycheck for any work, not just artistic work, was for singing Mozart's Requiem in a dark church on Good Friday lit solely by candlelight. Wow. Sounds pretty exciting. Oddly moving, but yeah. very strange for a 13-year-old. Oh, there's, there's the rub. <laughs> How about you, Darius? Um, I don't remember doing any things that I felt were really strange. I worked as a survey telemarketer for a couple of summers. That wasn't strange. That was just, just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a villain that you really feel for? Many, I think. I think good villains, you you you've got to empathize with. So uh, my I mean my mind immediately goes to the Disney villains of of my childhood. They are so embedded in our. Brains. And they're they're always my favorite. Mm. Scar, mm. Maleficent, mm. always had the best style too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say I I I'm on a little crusade on Ebenezer Scrooge's behalf. Mm. Because I feel like at the end of that story, Scrooge is amazing. Totally. But he's, but you say, oh, that person's being a Scrooge, and we automatically think of Scrooge at the beginning of the story. And I think Scrooge should get more credit for changing. I like that. 
What's your motto going to be then for it? My motto is... Get Scrooged? No, but see, nobody would know. Everyone right. would think it, I was sad. saying be more miserly. Right. I don't have a good motto. Maybe that's why my campaign has failed. Keep going on Okay, it. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and what piece of culture, a book, movie, a TV show, has impacted you as an artist and changed your view of the world? Oh, that's a tough one. There are some, there are some things with which I really identify, um, and I would actually be loath to say what they are in fear of Revealing, revealing my identity. Okay. Nice. But so, I will say that I have uh, like a certain fanship, I guess, mm -hmm. that um, I was exposed to as a as a little kid, mm -hmm. um, and it's still it's still a big part of. Even though it's a little kid thing, it's mm -hmm. still a big part of um, some of my ideology today. Mm, interesting. Three things came to my mind right away when you asked that question. Which were um, Star Trek mm -hmm. and The West Wing and the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. Mm. I, I don't feel uh, confident in explaining why, but you asked the question and those are the things that came to my head. Did you see the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime on stage? I or? did. Uh, I, um, uh, my wife and I saw it on Broadway. and That production was incredible unbelievable like i don't want to give things away but the the last the very last moment the the post credit scene the <laughs> uh, you know what i'm referring to mm -hmm. i i i didn't even i didn't know what to do myself it, with myself it was the most joyful like i i didn't even know how to handle the emotions i was having it was unbelievable it really was it yeah. it and if you're not familiar read the book yes it will blow your mind yes and then uh, they, I know that NT Live, if I'm not mistaken, yes. did a recording of it. And I don't know how you can view it, but you might be able to. But it's just artistically speaking, is so beautiful and really peeks into the way the world is for another human being in a way that I've never experienced. Yeah. Just love that. And if you had to eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would that be? Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. First impulse. <laughs> I like it. Definitely truest. Um, maybe, maybe fruit salad. Maybe Caesar salad. Fruit Caesar. No, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've always said. I've always said, but I have said in the past that if I, that if if I could get all of my nutritional needs from just bread and fruit, mm. I could give up everything else. So I think, I think fruit salad. All right. And this is the last one. Okay. What's the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week? This week? Mm-hmm. It's been a week. Okay, I'll go first to give you a chance. I don't know that I really believe this, but it's, again, it's the first thing that came to mind. I have never been uh, a, a, a particular fan of Sacha Baron Cohen's work. Mm -hmm. I didn't enjoy... I, this is good. Someday, someday, someday he'll hear this and then he'll be mad at me. I didn't enjoy Borat. I, I really didn't enjoy him in Les Mis. But that 10 minutes that he put out of his new show mm -hmm. um, that deals with the Second Amendment um, is one of the greatest uh, uh, 
comedy, satire, political commentary pieces I've ever seen. Oh, that, and I, I, I finally watched Nanette. So people should watch Nanette, and people should find this Sacha Baron Cohen show. Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to second the Nanette and the Sacha Baron Cohen thing, which I just saw this morning. Mm. Um, and yes, I also, something interesting, I wish I could think of the website, but I was, I recently, someone shared with me a website wherein uh, you can put in the name of any of your local politicians and it will organize all of their tweets into categories so that you can easily scan everything they've said on Twitter mm. um, into their viewpoints. Um, and it was created by an African-American woman. Mm. I wish I knew the website right now. Um, well, it you... crashed because it got so many views, but it was back up. I want to thank you both for being here. And I want to encourage everybody to go to the Armory on August 13th. And you can look up all the details about this uh, event at anonymoustheater.org. And theater is spelled with R-E. Thanks, Darius. Thank you. Thank you, actor. Thank you. Go to live theater. You will be happy that you did. Thanks for listening to Adventures in Artslandia. Download the Artslandia app on iTunes, where you're going to find a comprehensive arts calendar that's the best in the West. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Artslandia.